Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Robert Klinkenbeard about the game-changing decisions that allow you to scale up your company. Robert Klinkenbeard, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be here, Jonathan. Yeah, I'm excited to have a nice conversation with you today. Uh, I love uh, the opportunity I have to to meet with and interview so many interesting and fascinating people. And you really have an interesting and unique background. Um, Originally from Scotland, you've been in the States now for over 20 years, and you have a lot of experience. uh, And I'll share a little bit of that with uh, the listeners in a moment when I share your bio. Um, but you'll be able to to elaborate on that as well. And today we're going to be focusing on the game-changing decisions that allow you to scale up your company. We'll also tap into a little bit of the uh, describing the characteristics, the attitudes, the mindsets that are important as we try to break through the challenges that we face uh, as we go through the day-to-day um, work within an organization, uh, particularly within scaling Uh, the scaling phase, but also just generally. As we get started, I wanted to share Robert's bio with everybody. Robert Klinkenbeard is the CEO of Radix Group LLC, which has offices in Greenville, Phoenix, and the UK. He is an entrepreneur and author, senior leader in EO, and a four-time Ironman. He is a serial entrepreneur, having sold his $20 million company, and now has several franchises, multiple real estate investments, the largest peer group facilitation company in the U.S., while raising a large family. He is also a senior leader in EO, and therefore understands the challenges of CEOs within growing companies. Robert can help us with getting a higher business valuation, reinvigoration, passion for our businesses, extra time with family and friends, growth of key employees, and ultimately a company culture that will help us to adopt the vision as if it were our own. Thank you, Robert. It is a real pleasure to have you joining me today. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of background or personal context before we uh, launch into the conversation? I mean, you've covered quite a bit there, but uh, yeah, hopefully people can understand me with my accent. Um, yeah, and I love helping people. I've learned a lot through the years on growing my business and selling it. And, you know, that's what my, my purpose is in life now, just going in and making an impact on others. Excellent. Uh, thank you so much. And, you know, as we, as we uh, start off today, I thought perhaps we can uh, talk a little bit about your path to as an entrepreneur and selling your your company um, and how that's gotten you to where you're at today. Yeah, I think, you know, back in, uh, I think it was back in 2015, you know, I, I started to realize just going through some, uh, some listening to some speakers, realizing that I, I did have a business partner 
and realize that we're beginning to move into like a different page. You know, we had almost been like a marriage for oh, I don't know, 14, 15 years and been a great relationship. And we've done, had a really good time together. But, you know, I felt as though things were beginning to go sideways. So, um, you know, we, we came to an agreement that we we're going to uh, package the company together, put it out to market. You know, we ended up having oh, 15, 16 companies uh, look at us and um, so it gave us some nice options on who we wanted to sell to but you know from there I um, I had to I had a contract to work for the the purchaser and that was that was pretty tough trying to work for somebody else after being on your own for so many years but uh, I left them back uh, well two years after I sold it and thought well I really you know I really want to help people grow, I want them to level up. That's how I learned. That's how my journey that when I came across to the UK. So what's the best way for me to do that? So that's why I decided to become a, a business coach. And uh, yeah, I love going into companies now and uh, being able to help them and just watch them scale up the company. So yeah, it's something I'm really passionate about. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And so you've had that experience uh, selling your own company and, and building over time. Um, you, you now go in, you coach, you help other organizations do the same. What have you found in your own experience? Uh, what have been those game-changing types of decisions that were made along the way that allowed the company to scale up successfully, either your company or the other organizations that you work with? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely experienced this in my company, but um, th I think the three things I find that most companies struggle with and need help with is, first of all, people. You know, do they have the right people to take their company to the next level? Do they have, you know, A players in the team? I usually try and encourage owners to look for at least a minimum of 80% of your team being A players. So again, back in my company, I, you know, we'd, we'd struggled for years, you know, staying at that same level. But it was only once we've brought on three or four really good people into our team and then coached them into almost like that leadership role that it just helped drive our company to the next level. And then the second thing with that is making sure that they have the right roadmap. And what I mean by roadmap is almost like a strategic plan. Where's the company going? Nothing worse than you know the company going along every single year, maybe growing organically by a few percent. Doesn't really give much inspiration for, for people. So we really built our, our roadmap on where the company was going. So we're we going to expand to other states. Are we going to become profitable? Are we going to give all of our team members a real opportunity to grow themselves? Um, so building that roadmap and then figuring out ways to execute it. And part of the way on helping to execute it, this is the third item, is you know, what are the, the key performance indicators? What are some of the um, tasks that your team need to work to. Um, so that's something you're constantly reviewing with them on a weekly and monthly basis to make sure that we're on track. So I, I would say those three things that I found um, helped me in my growth journey. And now when I go into most other companies, you know, a lot of them either don't have those three things in place or they're maybe struggling in a couple of those areas. So it's nice just to go in and help them and give them my experience.
Yeah, I, I think those are really important facets that you mentioned. And uh, anyone who listens to this podcast on a regular basis, you know, we talk about people centric organizations, and we talk about um, the people orientation within business and, and having great talent and how to accomplish that and how to foster that, how to foster a healthy culture. That's one of the key things we talk about all the time um, with, with guests because it's so incredibly vital. And I think oftentimes it's one of those easily overlooked things because you have your founding team. So especially when you're talking about a small new entrepreneurial you know, group, you have the founding team, uh, they have they have a lot of energy, a lot of passion. They have a really good idea. They're they're working their butts off to try to get it off the ground. Uh, and now it's starting to scale. And generally speaking, not always, but generally speaking, people in that founding team don't necessarily have the competencies or capabilities around people management. Um, some of the more uh, nuanced and complex aspects of organizational leadership, and and so the 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 culture elements, the people elements often get not necessarily ignored, but certainly not the level of attention that you and I would, you know, suggest to anybody that they need to give uh, to that. Because ultimately, it's the people within the organization that are going to help it to thrive and, and to expand. The, the, you know, the people who are on the front lines with the, with the customers who are going to create that customer experience and, and drive customer and brand loyalty. Uh, those types of things can only happen as we have really great people. And so I, I like your, your suggestion, you know, that we try to get as many A players as we can, that we foster a culture and an environment, uh, you know, even a compensation package that's competitive, that's attractive. We tr attract and retain the very best people that we can possibly get, uh, even if and when, and perhaps partic particularly when um, those A players can challenge us, you know, those on the founding team, uh, challenge our assumptions, challenge our preconceived notions and help us, you know, be clear eyed and, and strategic moving into, you know, an uncertain future, where growth and scaling just adds levels of, of magnitude to the complexity of how you effectively run the business. So, so you might as a, as a new entrepreneur start have a brilliant idea, have a great product or service, you start off, you're going like gangbusters, all that's great. But just because you are able to do it when things are small, doesn't mean you're going to be able to do it effectively when now you have 100 employees, 500 employees, 1000 employees, it's a totally different beast. And and so many organizations just get caught up in the trap. Uh, I, I can think of one, um, we're, we're, we're kind of an innovation and tech corridor here along the Wasatch Front in Utah, uh, one of uh, several across the country. And uh, there was a tech company here in Utah that uh, started, uh, I don't know, it, it probably launched five years ago or so. It just had exponential growth, um, went from, you know, the founding team to 20 to 50 to 100 to 500 to 1,000 to 2,000. Uh, and it just seemed like they're a unicorn, just continuing uh, steady growth, um, incredible growth. And then about a year ago, uh, this was actually pre-COVID, a little over a year ago, um, they announced they were laying off 50% of their uh, employees. And you look at that and you say, well, how does that happen? How do you have this kind of growth trajectory? And then all of a sudden you're laying off 50% of your employees. And I happen to know several of the executives that work in that organization. And I know exactly why that happened. It's because, and you're nodding your head, like it, it's, <laughs> it's not a mystery um, when, when that kind of thing happens, because we don't have a clear roadmap. We don't have clear KPIs. We don't have a clear people centric orientation that allows us to leverage the capacity of those people. And, and 
eventually it catches up with you, even if you have an amazing company and an amazing product and service. No, I, I agree hundred percent. I see, I see that, you know, happens so many times and yeah, I think, you know, culture is part of it. People's part of it. And, you know, ideally it, it would be nice for the founding team to continue in that journey right the way through to some type of exit, but, you know, including many of the owners, a lot of the owners and key founders don't necessarily have that skill set and being able to, you know, grow that company. They've, they've maybe, as you said, come up with a great idea, but they've never been trained. They've never, you know, they didn't go to school to, you know, scale their company. So I think it's important, you know, you could either go two directions as you either bring on people who have that experience or, or you develop your team to be able to handle that type of growth. And that's where you start doing some leadership development. That's where you start bringing in some coaches and some mentors uh, to help them get to the next level. But a, a lot of the people, I think just because they're still working so much in the business, in the weeds, that they don't necessarily look up and figure out, well, what do I need to do to take the company to the next level? Because you know, many companies, you know, they, they reach different plateaus as they go through those stages of growth. And it's usually something that's missing there, whether it be people, whether it be software or some other key component that needs to take their company to the next level. So, uh, yeah, I, just, I think I think that's partly why I enjoy coming in and being that coach, because I can usually look at it from a different angle, different perspective. And then say, you know, just nudge them and say, hey, this is what I'm seeing. You need to work on these two areas and just, you know, somewhat hold them accountable. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership. Ordinary, everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. So, um, yeah, yeah, I definitely I enjoyed that. Yeah, absolutely. The, the accountability piece is really, really key. Uh, you can have the best people with the greatest intentions. Um, but ultimately people and their attention and focus can go in, in, in different directions unless we're held accountable. Uh, and what you measure um, gets the attention of, of your people. And so you have to be very thoughtful about what those KPIs are. Um, how do they support the mission, the, the strategic vision of the company? 
how do they support and align with the culture of what you're trying to accomplish? Because I, I see also a lot of times organizations that they'll say they want X, but then they reward Y or Z, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the alignment of the accountability piece and how it's rewarded, uh, encouraged and monitored and rewarded, it, it's out of sync, right? And so we need to make sure that all of that's in alignment um, and, and then just hold people accountable, have regular you know, conversations, performance conversations. It doesn't need to be a formal annual review. Like for the formal annual review is kind of an outdated thing anyways. Like we just need to have regular cadence with our people, coach and mentor them, uh, give them the feedback they need to improve. And if you have great people, they will be hungry for that feedback. They will want to know how to improve. Uh, they will want to know how to do better for themselves, for their career, for their team, for the organization. And a lot of times, the, the, the one thing I hear over and over and over again, particularly from younger um, employees, newer, um, you know, uh, in the labor force, is that they're, they're so hungry for that feedback, and they often aren't getting it, or at least not as much as they would hope to get. And, and so as leaders, I think we need to go out of our way to, to try, I mean, that, that's really what it means to be a leader, right, is to, yeah. to develop the people around you. And so we need to make sure that we're giving enough time to that to help to help level up our, our team. Uh, if you know, we may have a level talent, but that doesn't mean they're going to be a level performers, unless we help them to get there. Yeah, I agree. And I, I agree 100% with you that as a leader, it's not a case. Yes, you're, you're helping to set the direction of the company, but then you're spending the rest of the time lifting and elevating your team and then just steering the right direction. I go into so many companies now. I know one of the initial questions I'll ask them if they do any type of regular reviews of employees. And a lot of them, their answer will be, well, we'll sometimes remember to do annual reviews. And I just, you know, I, I just chuckle because I, I'm a... 100% a believer. I'd rather make lots of small incremental changes along the way, you know, maybe even monthly or at a minimum every quarter, and just adjust and set the expectation every quarter. And then, you know, it gets, it's easy to get back on track rather than, you know, if you do it annually, you know, you potentially could be going totally different directions and it's really tough to pull them back in line after a year. So why not make small incremental changes and, you know, give them that feedback. And I think that's what a lot of, you know, especially younger entrepreneurs and, and key workers, that's what they need. They need that feedback. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's, let's shift gears just a little bit. I think everything we're talking about then leads into and, and contributes to the next um, piece of what I wanted to discuss, but what are some of the ways that we need to frame the challenges that we face in the organization. So we're going to have setbacks. We're going to have challenges. Everyone has them. We have them in our personal lives. We have them at work. Um, but there, there are those that seem to be able to roll with the punches, and there are those that seem to struggle more. So what are the types of characteristics, the attitude, the mindset that's essential uh, as we're dealing with those challenges, uh, and particularly within the, the uh, scaling uh, context of organizations because there's just so, so many unique challenges there. Yeah, I mean, I think again that comes from leadership. Um, you know, every day, as you say, there's there's some type of challenge that's happening in a business, whether it be, you know, a lack of cash flow, whether it be some type of legal issues, maybe it's a lack of employees. So there's always those challenges, and really, employees 
really look up at leadership and let them almost like give them direction of how to handle it. You know, if you've got an owner who's freaking out every day and, and really struggling and going through those highs and lows and really showing it to the team, then I suspect the team are going to react the same way. Whereas you know, if we go in and just say, hey, here's our roadmap. This is where we're going in one, three, five years and say, hey, it's not going to be an easy ride. Having owning a business is never, never easy. So these these are some of the challenges that we're going to we're going to um, come along the way. So let's constantly talk about them. Let's figure out a way around them. Let's figure out how we can get through these challenges because that really takes you for what's from good to great is working through those challenges and coming up. You're really leaning on your team to come up with ideas and empower them to think through and come up with some of those solutions. Uh, so, every, you know, same with my business. Every day we were, we had either some unhappy clients. We maybe we had, um, I mean, I remember a spell when, you know, we had a landscape company. So we had five of our trucks that got totaled over a period of two months. I mean, that's just brutal in terms of morale. But again, we just went through what, what we needed to do to investigate. We tightened up all of our safety. We, we brought in cameras into our truck, just trying to figure out, well, how can we get through this? How can we again push forward and deal with other work? So yeah, it comes from leadership. There's always going to be challenges. It's just how you react to it and come up with ways and being positive and figuring out solutions. Yeah, having a solutions orientation, I think is a really key thing. Uh, you know, anyone can complain about the challenges they face, we all have them. Um, and so it's it's a really easy thing to get sucked into the kind of the cynical, negative, downward spiral of thought, the thought cycle. Um, and, and just feel like, you know, we we just have it the worst, like things are the worst for us. And, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with all these external things that are out of my control. And why do, do all these bad things happen to me? Like, it's just so easy to start to slip into that kind of a mindset. And it may be true, all of that may be true, but ultimately it doesn't really matter whether it's true or not. What matters is how you're gonna to respond to it. And you you either cave to the pressure and to the, the challenges that you face, or you rise to the occasion. And, and when you have those challenges, having a solution orientation uh, can really help you get past it because then you see every challenge as an opportunity. You say, okay, this didn't work out for us. What can we learn from this? What, how can we do it better next time? Um, how can we, you know, this, this customer interaction was really negative. They, they, we, you know, these people really aren't happy. We lost this important customer. What's that going to teach us about how we deal with our relationships with our other customers? Um, and you just change everything into a learning opportunity. You learn, you, you uh, shift the mindset towards a growth opportunity and you always uh, approach the challenges you face with, towards with a mind towards solutions so that we're not just complaining. Um, that doesn't mean we need to put our head in the sand and pretend like everything's fine, but, but, you know, we acknowledge where the, the, the shortcomings are. We acknowledge where the challenges are. And then, and then we brainstorm ideas, like how can we uh, approach this? And that actually becomes a really empowering, fulfilling thing for people to, to, to feel like they have, um, you know, I, I think especially for line level employees, if you as the manager go to them and say, hey, we're dealing with this problem, this challenge, what would you do to fix this? And like, listen to them and hear what they have to say. Um, 
you may not end up in implementing everything that they say, but the fact that you're asking them kind of the low on the hierarchy line level employees, what they think, uh, it, it's an empowering thing and, and it trains them to be solution minded rather than just complaining when things go wrong. Uh, and as a leader, we lead by example. And so our solution minded orientation can then trickle down to other people so that people aren't just coming to us with problems all the time, but they're coming to us with a challenge that they're facing with a possible solution. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think, you know, when you talk about line workers, I mean, they're the ones who are the hard workers. They're the ones that are doing those jobs every single day. So a lot of them maybe have ideas on how to overcome problems, come up with solutions, or maybe become more efficient. But many of them don't have the opportunity for a voice sit at the seat at the table. So when you give them that opportunity, a lot of them just really love that opportunity. And you can figure out who are those diamonds in the rough in terms of you know, who are the people that potentially could be future leaders in your company if they're coming to you with, with ideas. So yeah, we, we would encourage that all the time. And you know, the, I, I, when I, again, was growing my business, I made the mistake on probably after a handful of years in business, you know, I love being that, that go-to, everybody's coming to me as, you know, I'm, I'm this solution provider. And I said, well, I'm not getting anything done. So why not change it so that when they come into my room, I'll flip it around and say, hey, what would you do in that scenario? What would, you, what would your solution be? So slowly beginning, to, people started to get that. And um, yeah, they came on, went on to be great leaders in the company. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, Robert, I, I've really enjoyed this conversation. We could go on and on and on on these topics because there's so much to, to explore. Um, but I do recognize we're getting close to the end of our time together today. I want to make sure I give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about uh, your work, your organization, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, people can get hold of me through um, my, the website, the Radix Group, LLC.com. So it's R-A-D-I-X. They can get hold of me through my LinkedIn profile, Robert Clinkenbeard. Um, I, ha I have got a book. I've got a great book around roadmaps and mindset. It's called the Ironman Mindset for Entrepreneurs. So people can get that through Amazon and through my website. But um, yeah, I, I, I think that there's a real opportunity here for business to, to take you know, their company to the next level. Just allow people around you. Look, at, look for mentors, look for coaches, look for other business people because there's so many people out there who are willing to share their experiences. It's just a case of, remember, you're not on an island. Most other companies are going through similar challenges. It's just a case of who, who are the people around me in my network that can help me. So, yeah, um, yeah, perfect. Well, Robert, thank you so much. It has been a real pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected with Robert, find out more about what he and his company can do for you. Check out his podcast, check out the book. Uh, so many great resources. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. 
Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.